Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to a special crossover episode of the Wolverine and Spartan Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. And I'm Kyle Austin. And on this episode, we will preview the upcoming men's basketball game between Michigan and Michigan State. We'll bring you up to speed on each team's season so far and discuss what to expect in Saturday's matchup. It's all coming up on this crossover episode. Hello, listeners. As I said in the intro, I am Andrew Kahn, who you may know from the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm joined by Kyle Austin from the Spartan Confidential Podcast. Uh, we are MLive's college basketball beat writers. And, and Kyle, with the annual basketball and football matchups between these schools, I feel like we've exhausted our jokes about confidentiality and comparing it to crossover episodes of TV shows. But you know, unless you got another, if you got another. No, no, I'm tapped out in that department. <laughs> well, then then let's get let's get right into it. Uh, kind of start with a season, you know, reset of sorts. I think it's a good time for that. Uh, Michigan State is 10 and four. They've won five in a row. They are two and one in the Big Ten after Tuesday's win over Nebraska. Uh, I guess beyond those basic facts, you know, what has Michigan State's season looked like so far? So Michigan State uh, undertook what Tom Rizzo called the most difficult non-conference schedule uh, he's ever he's ever done in his tenure, which is saying something because he's taken on some doozies. But um, Gonzaga on an aircraft carrier, Kentucky in the Champions Classic, Villanova, uh, the PKI tournament, which ended up being Alabama, Oregon, and Portland. Than at at Notre Dame, so um, difficult slate. Um, Kentucky, Kentucky were top five at the time. Villanova was ranked. Alabama, uh, I see right now they're eight in Ken Palm. So um, that was their first three weeks and um, fared pretty decently, I'd say overall. Um, lost by one point to Gonzaga, beat Kentucky in a really really good double overtime game, probably their best game overall game so far. Uh, beat Villanova, lose to Alabama, and really starting there is when their season changed. Uh, the biggest, um, I, I guess, the biggest thing to know about Michigan State, if you haven't followed them, if you're a Michigan fan or otherwise, is um, they've had two very key injuries that have changed changed the trajectory of their season, and now they have both those guys back. So right before the Alabama game, uh, Malik Hall and Jaden Akins, who were both Malik Hall is a starter, Jaden Akins, kind of depending on the lineup, uh, starter, six man, um, both went down with a foot injury. Um, Jaden Akins ended up missing, uh, I believe it was three games, um, and Malik Hall missed eight. So 
this is not a deep team. Tommy has always been known to play 10, you know, eight, 10 guys. Um, losing those guys really hurt. Uh, so they go to Notre Dame, uh, get beat pretty soundly, come back, lose at home to Northwestern, um, and um, ended up being five and four um, and kind of struggled there through the end of November, early December. But after that, schedule lightened up. Uh, they played Brown, Oakland, and Buffalo to end December. Uh, Jade Nathans came back. Malik Hall came back, and they've kind of gotten back to how they looked in that first week of the season when they beat Kentucky and played Gonzaga really close. Uh, last most recent game was Nebraska, won by 18, uh, held them to 17 points in the first half, really dominant performance. So um, they've kind of been good, then got hurt and were bad, and now are starting to kind of get back to back to where they were. It's a uh, it's a very balanced team. Um, if, if you remember last year, uh, really since Cassius Winston left, this has been the case. Um, not a dominant score, go-to player. Uh, Tyson Walker's at 13.9 points a game. Joey Howard's at 13.8. AJ Hogarth's at 11.9. Malik College at 10.7. So four double-digit scores, nobody more than 13. A lot of different options. Um you know, good or bad, um, we'll, we'll kind of see how it plays out here. But a balanced team, really, without a star, that's uh, but they're very veteran, I think, and that's why when they've been at their best, uh, they've looked good, not turning the ball over like Michigan State uh, teams typically do. They've got um, you run down the list here, you know, junior AJ Hogarth, senior Tyson Walker, senior Joey Hauser, senior Malik Hall, um, a very veteran group that's making fewer mistakes, that's playing solid basketball, and um, it's kind of rounding back into form. All right. As for Michigan, I mean, they had a tough non-conference schedule uh, as well, uh, but but really didn't get that signature win. That that's kind of a, a key difference here. So Michigan is nine and five, three and zero in the Big Ten after Wednesday's home win over Penn State. Uh, they blew out Minnesota, you know, in Minneapolis. They beat Maryland by thirty-five points, um, and, and the Penn State game was by ten. So three league wins and three tries, all by double digits. But again, the non-conference not so good. They beat they beat Pitt in New York, and then got crushed by Arizona State the next night. Um, I mean, it's too early to worry about this probably, but but Michigan is way down in in the net rankings. They're at seventy seven. Uh, only two Big Ten teams are worse, and that's that's really because Michigan did not capitalize on its uh, non-conference opportunities, and and they were there for the taking. Um, Michigan didn't really blow any of these games, but they had chances to win and didn't. Uh, Virginia up eleven in the second half and and had a lead in the final minute they lose uh Kentucky and North Carolina you know within two in the final minutes of both of those games they lose and then the one that really hurts you don't want a quad four loss and and Michigan add one to Central Michigan you know they they lose on a, a three on their final defensive possession uh so so that that's kind of where how the non-conference went um those are those are five losses the Arizona State they lost by 25 but the other the other four were by a combined 12 points. So, you know, Michigan is is right there. And that's something that Hunter, Hunter Dickinson has been been preaching is that, you know, they're proven that they're a talented team. They can hang with some of these top teams in the country. They just kind of hope they're they're finally figuring it out. And again, the last two games would would suggest uh, they're trending in the right direction. I mean, the, the game against Maryland, they're up 17, nothing to start that game and, and really never let up. Uh, you know, 81-46 was the final in that one. And and followed up with, you know, the game last night was arguably more impressive to me because, you know, it, it wasn't easy for them. Um, you know, they 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 get a lead, you know, 11, 14 points, uh, 
Penn State makes these runs to tie the game or, you know, get within two or three late. Um, but Michigan, you know, finishes strong and, and gets the win. So it does seem they're, like they're certainly playing better defensively. That's still a problem overall. Defensive rebounding has been a problem overall. Um, but they're they're protecting protecting the ball really well. You know, they're finding, you know, second or third scoring options. Um, and, and you know, they played played a lot better lately. So let, let's kind of get into the personnel and what this the, these key matchups will be. Um, I think it always starts with with Michigan, you know, for their opponents. We've talked about this now several years in a row. Hunter Dickinson, you know, how teams choose to guard him. You know, do they play him one on one? Do they? Do they double team and then maybe give up some three point shots? Uh, you know, what what is Michigan's kind of interior defense look like? And and how do you think they'll go about, you know, defending Dickinson? Uh, yeah, I feel like we've had this conversation in uh, a previous episode with this. But you're right. I mean, it, it's where it starts for this matchup. And for Michigan State fans, I feel like so you look at their center position, they lose Marcus Bingham from last year's team, multi-year starter. And uh, much too many Michigan State fans chagrin. Uh, Tom Izzo did not go to the portal um, and stuck with Mighty Sissoko, who played very sparingly his first two years and added two freshmen um, to the mix, Jackson Kohler and Carson Cooper. Um, so they're they're very inexperienced there. Um, some would say not a whole lot of talent at the position. Um, and they've gotten through the non-conference okay. And Mighty Sissoko had some great moments against Kentucky and against Gonzaga. But I think Michigan State fans have been wondering really since this summer, um, how are Michigan State centers going to hold up not only against Hunter Dickinson, but against Zach Eady and against Trace Jackson Davis and, and all these guys in the Big Ten? Um, do they have the personnel to slow down these guys? Do you, if you remember, especially the game in Ann Arbor last year, I mean, um, Dickinson had to soak up lunch pretty good in that game. Uh, I remember him doing that too small uh, move quite a bit uh, afterwards. So, um it's going to be, I mean, my number one question for Michigan State is Mighty Sissoko improved enough to where he can hold his own in that matchup. You're not going to hold Hunter Dickinson scoreless. You're not going to hold him to five points. But can you can you reasonably keep him in check? And can you do it uh, without getting into foul trouble and going straight to the bench? Um, that's going to be key because to your second part of your question, I think Tommy Joe's tendency over the years has been to not do a whole lot of doubling. And I, I look at the rest of Michigan and Jet Howard's a fantastic player, but I don't, you correct me if I'm wrong on this, Andrew, but I don't see a whole lot of perimeter shooting threats. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kobe Bufkin has, has come on recently, but he, you know, he's still at, he's at 33% from three mm-hmm. and, and, you know, Terrence Williams is, is their other starter out there with, with Doug McDaniel, both of them, you know, low thirties. So you're, you're not wrong. The thought was that they had more shooting and they, they mm-hmm. do have, you know, you know, Joey Baker, they got in the transfer portal um, from Duke has, has hit close to 50%. You know, he had three big ones last night for Michigan, but, but you're right. That's not, that's not been Michigan strength so far this year. So I, I mean, I, I guess then maybe you're digging on him a little bit and against certain guys you're you're bringing an extra defender. I don't know if we'll see the true double team, but try to pester him, you know, Tyson Walker, you know, if he's on a non-shooter, maybe he gets down there and slaps at the ball a little bit, tries to throw him off, things like that. Um, but I think for the most part, time is tendency has been to um, kind of let a guy like that get his try to try to shut down the rest of the team. Um, and and kind of go about it that way. Um, I think Dickinson's good enough that if you really send a true double on him, 
he can hurt you. Um, he, he, he a good enough passer that he can hurt you on that. So we'll see. That's kind of my guess to, to, to where they go, where they go in that direction though. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You look at the the two games last year. I mean, he scored tickets that scored 25 points in the, in the game and he's Lansing, but you know, eight of 19 shooting, mm-hmm. um, you know, Michigan state, Michigan goes three of 19 from three. They'll take so, that all you know, day. Yeah. yeah. They held, they held Dickinson, you know, he was not particularly efficient and, you know, they, they held the other guys in check. And then, you know, as, as you, you know, mentioned that the game in Ann Arbor is completely different score story. It's 33 points, um, you know, on, on, on 13 of 19 shooting Michigan, you know, still kind of had their cake and, and ate it too with, you know, seven of 12 from three. So, um, you know, that's kind of, that's, that, that's how last year's matchups, you know, went, we'll see, we'll see what happens here. Um, yeah, as far as from, from Michigan size, if we kind of look at, you know, kind of the, per, some of these perimeter matchups, um, you know, Michigan brought in, a grad transfer, you know, to, to play point guard for the, the third year in a row. Uh, this time it was Jalen Llewellyn from Princeton, uh, but he gets hurt in the eighth game of the year against Kentucky when they were, they were playing them in London. Um, in the second half of that game, he actually had surgery to, uh, you know, repair his torn ACL, um, you know, just yesterday. Uh, he, he's out for the year. So that thrust uh, a true freshman, Doug McDaniel, into the starting lineup at point guard. And he's done, he's done pretty well. I mean, his, his first start that next game in the big 10 open against Minnesota, he was fantastic. Um, and he's been, he's been pretty solid since he's, you know, capable outside shooter. That's not his, uh, you know, that's not his, his strength. That's not what he prefers to do with the ball in his hands. He likes to get into the paint. He's got a nice floater. Um, you know, he's, he's a very good passer. He, he's very fast. Um, so that's kind of been the thing is, is slowing him down in a way, um, not having him get sped up. He wants to play fast, but not, you know, not, uh, out of control. Um, and he, he's done, he's done a pretty good job of that, especially for, for a true freshman. Um, you know, Kobe Bufkin, you know, Michigan native, uh, from Grand Rapids, uh, is, is the other starting guard. Um, and he's, he's really made that, you know, kind of proverbial sophomore leap, um, you know, shooting just, just more of a, a threat, you know, in all, in all aspects, he's, you know, like I said, he's 33% from three, uh, but he got off to a to a really bad start. So uh, he's he shot better from three, certainly the last, uh, you know, few weeks. Um, and he's a he's a very, you know, very good defensive player as well. Um, and then an, another freshman kind of on the wing is is, is Jet Howard, as you mentioned. He's, uh, you know, he's Michigan's second leading scorer behind Dickinson. Um, he is, you know, he's a good three point shooter. He can create his own shot. Um, you know, he's every bit of six eight maybe six nine you know long-armed this is Jawan Howard's you know youngest son um you know a top 50 recruit that you know has has NBA potential for sure um you know if not after you know this season then, then maybe next but uh you know they they have some some threats on the perimeter kind of building that um quality depth is, is something they're still they're, they're still working on but um yeah I, I I'm looking at Michigan State's you know some of their more recent lineups. And I know this could be, you know, again, because of guys kind of coming back from injury, but it's, you know, often like their most, you know, the, the lineups they've gone to a lot seem to have like three point guards. I mean, maybe, you know, Walker, I know can play off the ball and, and Jaden Akins too, but you know, with Hogard Walker and, and Akins all out there at the same time. Um, yeah. I guess if you could, if you could speak to that and, and what Michigan state's perimeter players look like. So they're, this is probably the most versatile roster. Um, it's smaller in terms of scholarship players, but he's got a lot of kind of different plug and play pieces. So um, Tyson Walker, um, 
was a primarily a point guard last year, um, and they've been able to move him off the ball uh, more this year. Um, he spends most of his time um, in a two-guard role, uh, which has suited Michigan State well because he's a really good shooter, um, and he's been kind of their go-to scorer at times, leading scorer on the team, and he's um, he, he's helping the team more when he's looking to score a little bit more than than when he's handling point guard duties. So it's been him and AJ Hogard who's um, who's improved quite a bit too as far as his decision making and his turnovers and things like that. So Michigan State, if you've Following them the last couple of years, or if you're, you know, seeing once or twice, they, they had a lot of point guard issues the last couple of years, but they seem to finally have things ironed out. A.J. Hogard in his third year uh, is providing them solid play there. So, um, but yeah, small on the perimeter, um, Tyson Walker, 6'1", 180, Jade Nakin, 6'4", uh, 190, um, and A.J. Hogard, 6'4", 210. So um, that's their starting um, perimeter, small, but They've got a lot of shooters out there. Um, as a team, they're at uh, they're at thirty seven and a half percent, which is one of the better marks um, in the Big Ten, I believe. Um, Joey Hauser has really finally figured out his shot, forty three percent on the year. Um, Pierre Brooks, kind of first guy off the bench, over forty percent. Jade Nakins at forty two percent, and then Tyson Walker at thirty seven. So they're going to have a lot of shooters on the floor, and especially um, Hauser providing shooting from that four spot. Um, it really kind of gives you a different element that Michigan State hasn't always had. Um, they're they're going to stretch out. You really got to guard them out to the perimeter all times. And um, they're going to do it in transition, too. You know, they're going to get down in transition fast, and they're going to have a lot of guys spotting up. Um, and A.J. Hogarth's been pretty good about driving into the lane, finding guys, and, and they've gotten a lot of points that way. So um, Michigan will certainly have to stay out on shooters. Um, and to bring it back to Jet Howard, I'm – I'm curious who Michigan State has um, working on him because, like, like in a totally normal situation, I say Malik Hall um, seems like the, the natural guy for that. Um, good defender, similar sized guy. He's kind of got the size and the quickness, versatility. Um, but he's in his this will be his third game back um, from a foot injury. And he said that he 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 feels okay and that he's moving well laterally, which is kind of what you always wonder about when you're defending somebody. But um, that's something that I, I'm I'm going to be curious if if he's physically up to taking on um, taking on Jet Howard a lot. And if not, you know, you're probably either going with somebody smaller, a Jay Nakins on him, he's going to be giving up some size, or, or a Joey Hauser who might struggle to to keep up with him in the foot speed. So um, curious to where Michigan State will go in that matchup. Yeah, I mean, to to me, this game, uh, it it's it's somewhat similar to when you know Michigan played North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina might be overall more talented, maybe than than North, than Michigan State, and are, even yeah. <laughs> even more veteran. But like in, in that game, it was just so evident, like which team had the seniors, the fifth year seniors, the juniors, you know, and which team was was you know playing multiple freshmen out there and a, and a young sophomore and things like that. Not that, you know, Dickinson and, and, and Williams are two starters that, you know, are both juniors and, and have a ton of experience in big games, but still, um, yeah, Michigan is, 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 is pretty young. Um, and I, I think that showed, you know, at times against North Carolina, um, and we'll, we'll see if that, if that is a, you know, a factor again, um, you know, on, on Saturday, uh, you know, I'm I'm just excited. This game is coming, I think, like just at a great time. Like, I mean, I know there are many Michigan basketball fans, you know, that have that have been been locked in since the, <laughs> the season opener against the the Mastodons of, of Purdue Fort Wayne. But um and, and there's probably others that maybe don't really come on board till March. But 
I know there's a chunk of fans who, who kind of start paying attention now, you know, once football is done. Um, and, and so I think it's, it's just a perfect time, um, you know, for, for this game to be played. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I like to see both teams kind of surging too going yep. into it because there was a time a couple of weeks ago, Michigan state kind of hit the skids there in, um, late November, early December, really didn't look good. Um, obviously Michigan had the central Michigan loss, so they both had their struggles, but, um, the, you know, I, I had a chance to catch some of Michigan last night. The Penn state's a good team. Um, yep. Uh, and they look really good against them in Michigan State. Nebraska is an improved team, I'd say, but Michigan State kind of beat the doors off of them. So yep. both teams surging. Um, it looks like a better game than I, I think I would have looked like a couple weeks ago. And yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. Full, full uh, Breslin Center. Um, it's it's fun. I mean, I don't want to get into everything Hunter Dickinson, but you've got a guy in this matchup who has clearly made himself to be the villain. Yep. Um, and many different things that he's done. And obviously, if, as long as everything stays civil and appropriate and nobody goes overboard, that's a fun element to me to have um, a guy. You, you don't always have that, a guy who's willing to kind of be the villain and be the the guy that um, takes things up um, to, a, to a new level. So I'll, I'm sure he will hear a few comments from the zone. Yes. I mean, he, he commented last night. He's like, it's kind of funny how a kid from, you know, Washington, D.C. has now, you know, just been. <laughs> center stage in this rivalry and of course you know before him there's another Michigan big man Mo Wagner came all the way from Germany uh, yeah. you know and you know embedded himself very uh you know firmly in, in the middle of this rivalry so uh it's interesting how that works out um I, I appreciate the element of his appreciation for the rivalry his understanding of it you know kind mm-hmm. of playing to the the crowd you know both crowds um I, I think yeah recently maybe there's been some things of course that, that have cross the line and maybe he's made some bad choices as far as, you know, who he associates with off the court. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is uh, this, the, the, yes, I'm sure the zone will be merciless. Um, and yes, hopefully just good, clean, you know, college basketball fun um, at, at Preslin on Saturday. Um, we will be there for full coverage leading up to the game uh, during uh, and afterwards, it's a uh, 2.30 Eastern time tip. Um, we'll air on Fox for those that, that can't be there. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for continued coverage on MLive.com. Thanks for listening.